Hey, yo, welcome to Straight Net. I want to thank everyone who gives us a listen. We really appreciate y'all. For all of my Spotify listeners, if you have a comment, feedback, or a question that you'd like us to address in a future episode, be sure to leave that down below on the episode page. For Apple users, Apple Podcast users, or all other platform users, follow and reach out to us on Twitter. That's the best way to give us a comment or a question at Straight Net. Now, let's get on to the show. Wally's uh, comment on Tyrese Halliburton because uh, in my opinion he's a professional commentator and to show like such bias bias and lack of um, like info on a player that you're not even being like critical about he's just like kind of disrespecting him because I mean he's been playing like out of his mind this season and Definitely deserves to be um, in the all-star conversation. So what what do y'all think about his comments? And what I want to get to is, like, dude, are these, like, sport commentators so, like, too comfortable with, like, disrespecting players in a way? Just because even him, because he's an old head or he played in the league before, are they – do y'all think they're just too comfortable with, like, disrespecting current players? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about too comfortable, but I would say, I would say that these this these old heads or the older generation tends to hate on this younger generation for some reason. So I just want to point that out. Oh, but back to what Wally was saying about Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, he definitely should be in the All Star conversation. I mean, and it's okay for you to be biased, right? If you're a commentator or reporter, you want to be kind of biased for the city that you're reporting from, right? So. He's he's obviously supporting the New York Knicks, but so it's, it's okay to be biased. But again, as far as like disrespecting players and even disrespecting, you should have some sort of knowledge or you know do a little research before you have your own comment about them. Because again, I mean, he did say that he was in his second year when he was obviously in the third year, and that was wrong. But Tyrese Halliburton, this is arguably his greatest year. Pretty much, it is. I, I think it is his greatest year uh, in the NBA. He deserves to be in the all-star conversation, especially since the Indiana Pacers are what I think they're like the fifth or sixth seed right now. So they're in the playoffs if the playoffs were to end today. And in my eyes, I think Tyrese Halliburton has done more than Wally has mm. in his entire NBA career. I think he was in the league for 10 years, Preach. averaged like, what, 13, 14 points. They and Tyrese Halliburton is already better than him in his third year. So mm-hmm. it's okay to be biased. It's okay, of course, you guys want your – reporters to support their home team and be a little biased, show a little more favoritism toward the team. But they, they just – I feel like it was kind of out of line. And Tyrese Halliburton has been playing great, especially since those comments were made. So hopefully Tyrese Halliburton keeps on play, playing at a high level and proves Wally wrong. Yeah, I don't really think they get much pushback. So it isn't necessarily that they're comfortable. They just don't. They don't have no consequences. They don't get, you know, confronted by the players. No one from the studio tells them not to do it. In fact, they may get encouraged, you know, to bring up the views. But, yeah, in hindsight, his comments were kind of stupid and just really just wasn't good. Because the way he's been playing his last two games, 33 Wednesday and in 44 Friday, He's proven him wrong that he does belong to, to be in the all-star conversation, especially since he's leading the way for the Indiana Pacers to be able to contend for the playoffs this year. Like, without Halliburton, Indiana Pacers don't have no shot to make it to the playoffs. Even play-ins, they don't have a good shot. But with them, they can, I think they can make it into the playoffs. Probably won't make it far, but you don't expect too much from this team from my perspective you don't expect too much but yeah his comments of just being completely biased just not even being aware of who he's talking about it just isn't it doesn't look good in my opinion yeah and by the way I think Tyus Hyreburn is averaging a double-double and he's also leading the league in assists mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken or he's not, I, know, I know he's like top two for sure one or two making yeah, so 
as far as like not an all-star want to be all- i don't know what made him say want to be all-star too because yeah. tyrese halliburton didn't come out and say he wanted to be an all-star or anything so yeah. that was kind of weird thing to say yeah tyrese even um like responded back in the interview and even he was like i don't know what made him assume that i want to be an all-star i've never came out and said that i want to be an all-star and tyrese just seems like a humble dude that just that's just out there trying to it's just a winning player and is trying to take his team far and i believe he can and he even put but this is another question he said julius randall and rj barrett over tyrese do y'all agree with that for as an all-star would y'all put rj barrett and julius randall over tyrese and the all-star voting, if you had to vote for reserves in the East? I'd put Tyrese, honestly. You put him over Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett? Yeah, because he's been the most consistent out of those three players. Yeah. Tyrese Harleburn has been more consistent than Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett as well. And we also have to consider the fact that Jalen Brunson has been playing well, <laughs> extremely well. He's been so good for the mm-hmm. Knicks as well. So that's including their higher uh, work playoff spot as well with, with their positioning. So, I mean... Yeah. I feel like Tyree should be above both of those players. Yeah, it's not like you're going to put all three of them in the All-Star game. Jalen Brunson and <laughs> Jay Barrett and Julius Randle. Now, I put, all th- all those three players, I would say that Jalen Brunson has yeah, been the I, best. I feel yeah. Jaylen, yeah, I about to say Jalen Brunson. Probably he deserves a spot over Julius Randle and RJ yeah, Barrett. for sure. But, like, even what Ishmael said, you didn't expect much from the Pacers. Um, you definitely expected more from the Knicks relative to where they're at right now mm-hmm. than what you expected from – uh, the Pacers, and I feel like Tyrese is a big reason why they're sitting 17 and 16, 8 in the East. All right, so Indiana's playing New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, the Clippers, Toronto, Philadelphia, Portland, Charlotte, New York, Atlanta, Memphis, Milwaukee, Oklahoma, and Denver in the next few games. Honestly, Charlotte? I don't know. I don't know if it's that tough, though. It's tough, bro. Is it? I think so. I, I mean, think they got four the teams. Pelicans. I think they can get a dub from. So they played the Pelicans today. I feel like it's kind of. I don't know. Though. I think the Pelicans on a losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so they're they, cooling down. Yeah, so they may be able to get a win over the Pelicans, the Hawks. That's one of those teams that I've been kind of disappointed in as well. I feel like right. I thought they would be way better, but especially with adding Dejounte Murray. But yeah, this year they've been kind of disappointing me. So they may be able to win against them, the Cavaliers. I don't see them winning over the Cavs. I don't see them winning over the Clippers, and it's a toss up for the Toronto, Toronto Raptors because they're starting to turn it around now. They're yeah, so that could be a toss up, and I don't see them winning against the 76ers. Maybe against Portland. And they could get another win against the Hornets. I think they will. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's uh, it's all right. I mean, I think it's a pretty balanced schedule. They may win maybe half those games and mm-hmm. lose the other half. It's not too tough, though. And how many games? Okay, they have one, two, three, five of those games away, and the rest are at home. What about mm-hmm. Denver? Are they playing at Denver or are they playing? Oh, they got to be playing at but Denver. But Denver is all the way in. They're at Denver. Denver is a while, though. They're not going to play Denver to what? January 20th. Yeah, so that's a long yeah, it's gonna be wild today. Get them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I can see them winning about half of these, and by that time, the reserve voting will come out. Do we get to vote for the reserves? Or we don't get to vote for the reserves. The fans. I think it's open now. Yeah, I think it ends January twentieth no. around something. The the starters, you can vote for the starters. Uh, you can't vote for the reserves. Oh, okay. I don't know. If the reserves are just handpicked by the coaches in them. Yeah, or, I think they are. So I would love to see Tyrese get into into the All Star game. He definitely deserves it either way. How are they doing the the All Star voting this year? Is it the same format like last year, where the West and East each get a captain, or what? Like how do, how does it work? Let's check I'm, it out. I'm not sure. I put my vote in already. I, I haven't. I'm gonna I wait like another another I'm week. My, I'm gonna put my I put my ten players in. That's all I was telling y'all. Y'all wanted to talk about that right today, like y'all's starters, and then we just talk about reserves another week. I think I need some more. Maybe another week. Another week. Yeah, okay. I feel like the players I had in mind were kind of I don't know. It's just been ugly kind of so far. But and then it's injury. Some players that I really wanted in all star kind of been injured for yeah. a while too. So it's like, uh, I, I held injury against them. I ain't gonna lie. For real? Yeah, I held it against them. Ooh, you know what dude said yesterday? You know what have been a? How would this fit have looked in Memphis? A trade for like Jaron Jackson, Zaire Williams, some picks for Anthony Edwards in Memphis with Jaw and Desmond Bain. How would that look? He was he was trying to convince he was trying to convince me that it would be a perfect fit, but in my head it was like kind of no, but kind of yes, because he was kind of talking me into it, mm. like sweet talking me into it. He's like, bro, you know, you, uh, Anthony Edwards got that dog in him. He's got that. 
I don't know. What, what do y'all think about that? Anthony Edwards was on the on the Grizzlies, by chance. Would that even be a good fit? Would that be worth it? I don't think it's worth it, honestly. Worth giving up Jaron Jackson Jr. for him? No, nah, because, I mean, I don't think so. Because a person of Anthony Edwards, like his style play, like he just he pretty much scores the ball, right? The offense yeah. player. But I don't really feel like the Memphis Grizzlies need that. And if you're taking Jaron Jackson Jr. away, a person who can shot block, step out to the perimeter, make a three. He does get in foul trouble often, but his defense is there. He can guard multiple positions. He can knock down three. And there he's, he has games where he just goes off and looks unstoppable. So, And then if you look at Anthony Edwards, I thought they meant the Timberwolves would be all right. I didn't think that they would, like, excel that much. But as far as, like, what he's been doing this year, he really hasn't done much with a great defensive player like Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, don't, I really don't. I see. I mean, of course, I would. I mean, if he came to Memphis, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't think the trade is worth it. Yeah, I, I don't know. think it's, it's not worth it. The whole basis of our conversation between me and him was giving up Jaron Jackson. Like, it's giving up what Jaron Jackson brings you to the table worth bringing in what Anthony Edwards could possibly give you, which yeah, is that scoring punch. Yeah, well, because yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't think the Memphis really, really need that scoring punch though. You know, they have a well balanced team in a way. I mean, another All Star type player like Anthony Edwards would relieve some stress off of the other players. But the Grizzlies are so well balanced that I feel like they don't need that extra scoring right now. Yeah. LaMelo? They got LaMelo in there? Yeah. You've been hurt for a minute. Yeah. Are you doing yours right now? I was <laughs> picking everybody. Look at Jimmy Butler. They don't even Dreads, look like him. Bro. Ugh, they don't even look like him, bro. Look at Scotty Barnes. He's been so quiet. <laughs> this is all-star starters. Let's see. He's going to see Ish. In the West, you got Luka, Jaw, LeBron James, Gumbo Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. Okay, yes, okay. Sir. Yes, sir. Can be debatable, but okay. Yes, sir. You got Jalen Brown in the East. Tyrese as a starter? Amen. Okay, okay, okay. And then you got Giannis, Tatum, and Embiid. What do you think about that list? For all-star starter. Who are you taking out? I need some more time. I can lie. It's, it's a pretty solid list, I would say. But yeah, I'd say I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if Brown should be there. I also don't know if you want to say Reese, don't you? You want to say Tyrese? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like Tyrese, but nah, he shouldn't be a starter. Not gonna lie. Who else did they have for the um, backcourt? And uh, in the East, and the, and I, honestly, this is like another subject. It was kind of not, well, yeah, it's another subject. But I feel like they should change this this format that they got going on, the front court and back court. Oh, I yeah. feel like it should just be the top players, like the top best players. Just it don't matter if it's the if it's ten guards that are the best players in the NBA. Ten guards should be there. I don't know why they put in front court, well front court and back court in there because it kind of like what yeah. if there's a front court player that's better than the back court and vice versa. It should just be the best players in the NBA. I understand that they're trying to make you like even, maybe a even position-wise. But this is the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. The the matchups are going to change and the lineups are, they're going to be all interchangeable. There are going to be times where it's going to be five guards in at one time. And this is pretty much for the, the fans as well. So just put the best players in there and change this format up a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we talked about this too. We got into this and I completely agree with you. I feel like it's the top players should be in no matter what position you play. Because at the end of the day, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are going to be starting in those in those um, in each of those lineups. So you could, if you want four guards in the center, let it happen. If you want fucking five small forwards, let it. You know, let it. It's for the fans. It's it's a fun game. It's none serious. The players don't take it serious. Like just let allow. Allow um, the players, I mean, allow the game to just, like, showcase just talent over just trying to be positionally correct, I guess. Like, it's just, it's it's a game of talent. It's, like, the best talent and 10 best talents in the NBA. Yeah, say, for instance, if they were in the same conference, if, say, for instance, you got Jochik, you got Embiid, you got Giannis. They're all, like, who would you have starting, right? Well, all of them deserve to start. But you're gonna have to eliminate one of those players because of the front court and back court thing. 
Which makes no sense. Right. Yeah. No, it makes no sense. It should just be done based on who you want to see. Because it yeah. is just for entertainment. It's not just. It's not really for a record like, oh, let's go all out and try to get this W. They just, even the players know, and they play it, showing it. They're just trying to put a show on. Just no defense, just do whatever. <laughs> that outside game last year was, I like how they did it, though. How With it the out. going to points type thing. The It was a going the best to, like, 120-something, right, or something like that? Yeah. It was like, like the first qu- couple quarters. Like you they try to get to a certain point at the half, and then you're leading, and then the other team has to kind of catch up and play defense. Type, yeah. Kind of thing. Now, before we get into the plays of the week, I just wanted to show y'all this video. Who that Bukan? Sokan. Sokan? Yeah. yeah. So Jeremy Sokan. Yeah, Jeremy Sokan. <laughs> Seen this. <laughs> what? He shot it with one hand? Yeah. Is that how he normally shoots free throw or that was just that one time? No. That's how he shoots. I need to watch more Spurs. No, you don't. Huh? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> like, what, the worst teams in the NBA? Second worst? What in the world, bro? Buckets. I never understood that. I never understood that drill. I never understood the point of that drill or the point of doing that. I never understood it, bro. Did y'all ever understand that? Like, one-handed form shooting? I never understood that. I don't know. It never made like sense <laughs> to me. It never felt right to me. It doesn't... Like, how did that even help you? How did that help you mechanic-wise? I feel like you're so... It's either, like, two things. If you're so bad at shooting free throws, like, normally, then you should try one-hand free throw. Or if you're so good at shooting it one hand, then you might as well just try it, like, during the NBA game. But I don't know. Like, I, would never, I don't care how bad I'm shooting. If I were in NBA, I don't care. I'm shooting, like, 10%. I'm not shooting one hand, yeah. no matter what. That doesn't even feel comfortable. Like, what? how do, how do you even do that? <laughs> I just never understood how that even got you better at shooting in general. When like I would see YouTube videos on one one handed shooting, I never did that. You're like supposed that. to get your form right so you can get that flick right, but but I feel like you're supposed to incorporate both of your hands if you're gonna get your form right, not just one hand. I mean, to do it on um, one hand so you can you can have a um, really good flick and mm. I guess handle with just your one hand. But in an NBA game, yeah, you should uh-huh. use both hands. <laughs> I was testing it, testing it. I but yeah, I, I guess it depends on your form too, because some people they only use like their other hand to like guide the ball, and I guess free throw you really don't need to guide it as much. Like on a jump shot, you mm-hmm. can just you not know, just rise up and flick that wrist. Right. Maybe because I shoot with two hands, that's why I feel <laughs> I feel like I need. I would that wouldn't I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to me. I wouldn't be able to either. Cause I use yeah. my thumb, bro. I like I need my I need my left thumb when I'm shooting. Yeah. Uh, Mavericks unveil a Dirk Nowitzki statue. What do you think about that ish? Yeah, I think it was long overdue. He should have probably, re- you know, probably received it. When did he retire? Like 2016, um, 2017? No, I think even later than that, bro. I think he retired like 2019. No. <laughs> I swear, bro. He hasn't been, he hasn't been retired for a long time. He's been retired for like four years, I feel like. He played with Luka. He played with Luka his first year. When when Luca first was a rookie, how that four years ago? How long has Luca been in the league? Five years, four years? No, five. Luca was in with Trey Young. That Trey Young, and DeAndre, and like twenty nineteen was probably his last. Wait, Bruh, yeah, twenty nineteen. That's when he retired. Dirk, yeah, he retired. Yeah, I remember he played with with rookie uh, Luca. Yeah. Uh uh-huh, yeah. He lasted a long time. For real. How long was he? I think he he reached like the twenty season mark, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. Did he? Yeah, he reached so. it. Yeah, he reached yeah. the twenty season mark. I remember that season they put him in the All Star game because it was his last season. I remember he caught like a lob or something. <laughs> uh, caught a lob and he was like almost forty years old. That was ridiculous. But yeah, it's, it's long overdue. Dirk is the best Maverick yeah. in history. So, I mean, Luca some championship. Luca, if he gets a chip, he automatically is going to take over. But for right now. He's the best Maverick yeah, ever lived. Definitely the best Maverick has ever played. Luca is on page for it. I mean, he's he's advancing so well. Like he's on pace for it. All he needs if he gets a championship like within the past couple with the within the next couple of years, then he's automatically the best Maverick. 
Man, he's on pace to be one of the best players to ever do it. Yeah, Not just a Maverick. Mm-hmm. One of the best. Yeah. Is this your favorite play right here? Yeah, it is going to be my favorite play of the week. Well, Memphis against Denver. When was that? Mm, I want to say, was it Wednesday? Might have been. Let's see. So I think I watched a video, a YouTube video on this, and it just showed like 10 crazy-ass Jokic pack passes in this one game alone right here. It's just one game. Yeah, he has a highlight Tuesday. Picture. Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, bro, he's he's going to put on a show every single night. With just his passing, it's so ridiculous. I think Memphis lost his game, too. Yeah. Let's see what you're talking about. Like, you can leave it on, bro. It's true. Oh, yeah, the between the legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> he does it so smooth and so quick. He doesn't even hesitate. Like, come on, bro. Like, he already knew who, what he was going to do before he even got the so ball. So did bro. his teammate. So that's how you know they were practicing this in, you know, practice way, way before this. It's something they probably do on the usual. Crazy. Nikola Jokic is so great, bro. We could have, like, a whole episode on how just crazy, how fucking crazy he is, bro. How, damn. I just love Jokic. <laughs> I just love Jokic. Yeah, he's, man. He's, he might get his third MVP. Yeah, that that's been a long conversation. Like, that's crazy. Can you deny him his third MVP? Nah, like, you seriously, can't can you not? You can't. Wait, deny, you can't deny you can. a lot of players this year, though. It's the I don't know. I feel like it's just like voter fatigue. Yeah, people are gonna yeah. get tired of seeing Nokia's because it's Ooh. never like if you look at the MVPs, it's never. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say never, but it's usually never the per- person you think deserves it. It's the player that like does the best for the team with a winning record. Because there are players who are better than the other MVPs candidates, but their record doesn't show, and it doesn't equate to winning. But if he gets his third MVP in a bet, oh my, if he gets three MVPs back-to-back, I don't think he's going to get it. I said he deserves it. going to get it? I if think he, he deserves it. If he keeps playing the way he's playing? If he's playing the way he's playing, he deserves it. Like, voter I mean, fatigue can't. Like, I don't vote for fatigue at the same point. But, yeah, you gotta give it to him. Yeah, at a certain point, like, bro, it's like, bro, you see shit like this, you're just like, bro, come on, bro. yeah, like you cannot not give it to. But you also gotta look at the other MVP candidates as well and see how yeah, good they, they deserve it just as much. Yeah, so Luca, Giannis, I think KD is number two. Not gonna lie, bro, if we'll, I if it we'll, wasn't for Jokic, we'll circle around back to that. Okay, to that. Okay, okay, yeah. I was about to say, I, 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 to the MVP I gotta show, I gotta discussion. show the Nets some love. Maybe, bro. Let's wait till the the dead break comes, the All Star break, and we'll see. Where okay. all the teams, the players are. Uh-huh. And this one was my favorite play. This was just a ridiculous Aaron Gordon dunk. Dunk of the year candidate in overtime. On Christmas. On Christmas. It was like, come on, man. This is just ridiculous. He caught a body. <sighs> ridiculous, bro. Forget that this dude was in a dunk contest. Sometimes. Forget about him in general. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I hate to say, but this dunk is overrated. Ooh. This dunk Ooh. is overrated, bro. That's a hot take. Yeah, I, I just wanna stop. I know people saying this dunk of the century, dunk of the week, dunk nah, of the season. Nah, not dunk of the century, but I think dunk of the season so far. I've seen people say dunk of like the past two years, a couple years. I'm like, bro, no. So, I wanna say, I've never been a fan of being of a person dunking on a person when the other person is taking a charge or taking they're trying to take a charge you know so that's what i want to say I, I mean the other person is kind of vulnerable right they're they're just risking their body they're not trying to block the ball if he tried to block it that'll make a different story but this player is shamming this you know he's, he's trying to take a charge so he's not like contesting it it's a great dunk now it's a great dunk as far especially where he took off but i don't i honestly don't even think that this was the best Duck of the day. And that leads what? me on to my play of the week, which was Jason Tatum's posterizer on Giannis. On Giannis? On Giannis. Oh, that was a good one. I saw that one. Yeah. And, and it's Shammy, come on. Aaron Gordon is this. What? But the crazy part, like, where he took off from. He took off, like, way behind, way past the um, restricted line. And I understand that dude's trying to take a charge. But that's what's kind of make it kind of cool that, like he like he was expecting I guess uh like uh, a layup and a, get a charge from it but mm-hmm. he got his fucking body took so yeah. I, that's why I liked it so much I was like damn and the and the position he took off from now nah, he took off 
He, he took, he like, took off. It looked like a 2K dunk. Like, yeah. when you get limitless takeoff, like, it looked <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck? Nah, it was a great dunk, but again, I've just never been a fan of those post-rides or quote-unquote post-rides that Pete, the other person taking the charge, especially Landry Shaman, you know, he's not a shot blocker. He's just right. a, a guard, you know? And Eric Gordon has one of the best dunks. He's one of the best dunkers in NBA history. So I think a, a lot of context is into it. Yeah, I can see how you're, um, you're coming at it, how it's, you know, overrated. I do believe it doesn't deserve to get as much hype as it probably d- did get. It's entertaining to watch, don't get me wrong, but when you do yeah. break it down, he didn't jump in the air and there was no threat. Like, exactly. He knew he was going to dunk it. And that leads me out to like this one. Uh, your Jason Tatum is going against a shot blocker. In Giannis. In Giannis, an MVP who doesn't take anything, he doesn't take any plays off. Oh, my goodness. Come on now. These are two MVP time. candidates right now, bro. Yeah, play this one more time, bro. I saw this one live. And Giannis is a is a is a rim protector. This is a person who blocks every shot that comes to the paint. And Jason Tatum is going at him. And the fact that he actually made it on the shot blocker, a seven yeah. footer pretty much. With come on now. I see what you're saying, but like when I'm seeing the dunk, it just looks like eh, yeah. like a mid dunk. But Aaron Gordon was like, it, it was so powerful. Is it and, extra fine? and it was just like, yeah, and I was like, oh, like you just get that, yeah. I see what you, but I see what you're saying. Though. Like when I saw this dunk live, I was like, fuck, that's yeah. impressive. Like I was like, Jason Tatum, like he went up with no fear. Like think about how many players would be scared to go while Giannis is in front of the rim. Yeah, like, and like, the, like yeah. the context is like a little, it's like a little rivalry. I'm not the Bucks and the Celtics aren't rivals, but I mean they got some sort of, you know, they got mm-hmm. some sort of intensity between. Them. They both want to beat each other, yeah. and they're both like our Eastern Conference Finals contenders as well so i think i think it's just context but no don't get me wrong Aaron gordon's dunk was amazing and electrifying yeah i think Aaron gordon's dunk was just more flashy and jason yeah. tatum's dunk was it had more to it behind the dunk more impactful it yeah more, because more it context was, to it it was on the actual defender that had a good chance of blocking it let's be honest but jason tatum just proving why he deserves to be an mvp discussion What's that video down there? Draymond Green yells at John Moran after blocking his layup. Did this go? Did this go viral or something? Did you see that game? Uh, I watched the first half of it. I didn't watch the second half, but I had a question about it too. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't watch it at all. I hate that I wasn't able to watch it, but I had a question about it. I was I disappointed. Yeah, me too. I was just, I was too disappointed in the first half to even watch the second half, bro. And yeah. I think I was I was at the roulette table and I was watching. It was like the fourth half, the fourth quarter too, and they were like down by this much, and I was just like, bro. Like, it's over with. Like, it ain't coming back. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I was just like every periodically looking at the scoreboard. It was like Memphis was losing by 10, then all of a sudden they'd be down, they'll be close as hell, three points, and then all of a sudden Warriors would go by 15, and they'll be close again. But then all of a sudden, like the Warriors would take off again. And I was like, bro, this was a game. I really didn't even, even though it was Christmas, you know, I mean, I was personally busy with my fan, but I was like, this is going to be a good game, but Memphis is going to win like 100%. Yeah, that's what I thought too. 100%. Oh, it's a, this is easy though for, for Memphis. Yeah. Play this one, bro. Let me see what Draymond's getting into. Cause he's starting to piss me off, bro. I mean, Draymond was yelling there. He was. He saw what he did to mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, he was hype. Oh yeah, I saw that. He was. He was, he was on the when he was on the bench. That's what I was. I was, I was gonna ask about that, bro. Man, hype is fucked with that four points. This. I got a question for you after this one. Well, it wasn't that bad. He just. I mean, he just. It wasn't bad at all. So what you would do when you block somebody? Yeah, just, I don't blame that Draymond. Yeah, I mean, yeah. AD yelled, but there was nothing. Come on, bro. You need you need something like that. You what you want them to be just quiet every time? That was a great right. block. Yeah. So, can we officially classify the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors as a legitimate rival in the Western Conference in the NBA? I think so. You think so? And to follow that up, Clay Thompson was mad because, um. I didn't. I don't think he named what player was screaming at him, but we're screaming about his team, the Memphis Grizzlies, being a dynasty, and Clay Thompson taking that as disrespect, because um, in the interview he said that it takes a lot of work to be a dynasty and to win, and that Memphis hasn't won anything, so they have no right to claim themselves as a dynasty like any of their players dylan brooks jaw whoever was screaming at him talking about dynasty and that he felt like the he felt he took it personal and he said that that's what uh, electrified the golden state warriors to to want to win this game and like 
motivated them because of the comments that the Grizzlies were making, the Grizzly players were making. What do y'all think about that? I agree with uh, Clay Thompson. You have to be, you know, you have to prove yourself. You can't just claim yourself a dynasty when you're top two, three seeds of your conference. Mm -hmm. You actually have to, I would say, probably three, four years consistently prove yourself, probably win a championship or two, constantly rank at the top of the the standings in your conference. You can't just have one good – no, it's probably like two good years, like really good years, back-to-back, and no championship and say we're a dynasty. You can't really do that. It doesn't sit right, look right, feel right. So I could totally see how the Warriors got fired up, even without Stephen Curry or Andrew Wiggins. They were able to beat Memphis Grizzlies almost. They're, they're completely healthy now, right? Mm-hmm. Grizzlies are, yeah. They're completely yeah, healthy. so there was really no excuses for Memphis to lose this game. So, yeah, I, I don't think – I don't know who said that to Clay Thompson, but it shouldn't have been yeah. said. I'm not sure if it was Dylan Brooks. It was Dylan – it was yeah, during it was this game. Dylan. It was before the game. Yeah. Uh, it was, I think it was Dylan Brooks, but I don't want to – I don't want to – Com- like confidently say that. Yeah, I mean it was Dylan Brooks, but so I do agree with Clay. I mean, obviously the Grizzlies aren't a dynasty. I feel like there's certain requirements and characteristics that you have to have in order to be co- considered a dynasty. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the Memphis Grizzlies have been progressing every year for the past five years. They've been doing great. They're um, they're a contender. They're com- you can tell that they're not afraid of anybody, but they're not a dynasty, and the Warriors are a dynasty. So I agree. In- on Clay with that to a certain extent. But I feel like, I mean, Clay, like, <laughs> he went like 8 for 25 that game, right? So, 8 for 25? He went 8 for 25 that game. Damn. So, it wasn't like, oh, wait, like, he just went crazy. Like, he went and shut him up or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like he didn't shut <laughs> Like, this was a game that the Grizzlies just looked like the worst team. The grit, the Warriors were hitting on all cylinders. I mean, Jordan Poole had a good game. And the Warriors were without their two best players as well. But, I mean, I, I, li- I like this. I like this. I, I would consider them, uh, like, back to your, your question, I, I consider this a rivalry right now. Mm-hmm. They've met each other a lot of times. They met each other in the playoffs. The players don't like each other. They compete every game. This is a game that every NBA fan should look forward to looking to. So I consider this a legitimate rival. And this could be a potential Western Conference matchup in the finals as, as well. So I do consider this team, these two teams a rival. And I, I absolutely love this because I like both teams, honestly. I like the Warriors and the Grizzlies as well. But I feel like Clay, I don't know. I just feel like he just takes think, things too personal sometimes. Do you think he's changing in a way? I remember I was the conversation I had last night with, I don't know, what was his name? Gary, I think, the dude I was telling you about. We were talking about Clay Thompson, and he was like, man, Clay used to be so humble and – and a good, just, like, humble guy. And now, like, ever since, you know, they've been winning chips, like, he's just getting cocky. And he's just kind of uh, villainizing himself. But I don't know if we're just – if if we're saying that because we're Grizzlies fans or if that's just how he really is with with his approach now since they've been winning more chips. And even uh, – who was he – were they playing against the Phoenix Suns? And he was uh, screaming at one player, I got four rings, I got four rings. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so – but I, I feel like Clay does that, but Steph doesn't do that. You know, you Steph, never, you never yeah. catch Clay like I mean Steph talking shit, or you know just saying something out of the side of his neck. And I feel like Clay does. He does do that, and and Steph and, and Stephen Curry doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's another, bro. That's another reason why I love. I absolutely love Steph Curry. I absolutely love him because as great as a player he is, like one of the greatest players they've ever played his game. The obviously the greatest shooter. But Steph Curry has always been humble. And I don't blame Clay for being who he is because that's who he is. I feel like he's just a very blunt person. Mm-hmm. He just a very, he just says it as he is. But I can't say that I feel like yeah, for the past couple of years, he has been talking a lot He's lately. been talking more. Than he, 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 yeah, he yeah, definitely he been has. been talking more shit. Yeah, because yeah. I don't remember him talking as much shit when they were just, you know, repeating. Yeah. You know, and before KD arrived, he wasn't – he was just, like, quiet, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for the past couple of years, he has – talked a lot of shit and I feel like 
there's also maybe built up animosity, maybe because he's coming back from the injuries and I feel like he got something to prove. Like he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like everyone's talking, about, oh well, Clay's not the same, which I feel like he still isn't the same. He's not the same Clay that we've seen before, before the injuries. So I feel like he just has a lot of built up anger, and he's really trying to prove himself. So he's talking a lot of stuff. He's taking mm-hmm. a lot of shots. He doesn't look the same Clay to me, but. He's still a great player, but yeah, I don't blame Clay for acting how he's act. I feel like he's just always been blunt, and keep doing your thing. You know, this is a good rivalry and good matchup for team, both teams. I'm looking forward to this great season. So you guys think that he has something to prove, and that's why he's acting more brashish, more blunt, more. Yeah, that's that's a good point that he brought up that I didn't even think about. Like, yeah, because I mean, think about it. You're coming off of yeah, you're coming off of two catastrophic injuries where I mean. A lot of people probably assume that your career is over. And then social media, you see people questioning your greatness and you're, having, you're struggling and you're having bad shooting days and it's like, oh, Clay's gone. Like, yeah, I could see that. I could I could definitely see somebody reacting in, in a certain type of way, like trying to prove themselves because before you got injured, you were definitely the splash brother. You were the second option. You were the second best shooter to ever touch touch the court. And I still, I personally still believe he is, but I guess he, he's trying to prove that again, I, I guess, because we forgot, like, he went so long without playing basketball. Mm-hmm. He went, like, two, over two years without even playing a game. Yeah. So, imagine that, and you're coming back, like, and he he's coming back into a situation where they're championship contenders. So, it's like, he's got to come back quick. Like he's got he has to come back to form. So, it's like, every game is, like, pressure on him to come back to that old Clay Thompson form, the second best shooter to ever live type stuff, you know? So I, but that's a good point. Like, I definitely I, – I, I agree with that. Like, he, he's he's, prove, he's trying to prove something. Maybe he's trying to back that up with his mouth with comments and and smack talking shit for sure. You think this is a rivalry-ish? What? Yeah, I think it's been a rivalry for a while now. You know, they, they've been – how many playoff runs have they had against each other? Like, they just had it last year, and the Grizzlies eliminated the Warriors in, in the, the play-in. Playoff, playing, yeah, with no Clay Thompson. No, did they have Andrew Wiggins? They had Andrew Wiggins, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Just no Clay Thompson. But Jordan Poole wasn't what he is right now either. Uh, when they played each other in the play-in at all, he he's not. He wasn't what he is right now. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's been a lot of <laughs> a, a, a good amount of battles. That's why it's considered them a rivalry, and they both have openly stated that they don't like each other you know, these two teams don't like each other so i like uh, it's definitely a rivalry to me yeah it's good old traditional robbery yeah clayton's not all bad because at the end of the uh, end of the interview he said yeah the grizzlies i respect them and they and i definitely see them as a, i see them as a threat so i think it's it's not a bad blood rivalry by any means i think it's just it's like two just teams that think they can win a chip going against each other pretty much and this is what we need as NBA fans as well. So, I mean, if you don't like this rivalry or matchup, these two teams contending against each other, I mean, you just don't like basketball. This is mm-hmm. this is what we watch to see. We look forward to seeing teams that hate each other or want to beat each other, play against each other. Yeah. So, I, I really, I absolutely love it. Same as Phoenix and New Orleans now. It's, yeah. That's a nice little rivalry going I, on. I feel like that rivalry is more gritty. It's more like there's more bad blood behind it, like. More physical, know, more honest. more shit talking behind it. Memphis and Golden so? State. Been, I think so. They've been going like at it, it since the since Mike Conley, Mark Saul. They've been going at it in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Some little gritty battles. It yeah, wasn't always been, pretty. I feel like yeah, I could agree. With I feel like this Memphis Grizzlies and Warriors team. Cause I mean the Pelicans and Suns. This is new. This is within the it past couple of years. But it's, I don't know. But it's but it's uh, and great as far as like greediness as well. I mean, you got to think about. But they've had their moments already. The Pelicans and the and the Suns, like they've had their, they've had their moments where I feel like they just genuinely. I feel like the Grizzlies and Warriors, they don't dislike each other. They have a mutual respect, but it's just super competitive. But I feel like Phoenix and New Orleans, I feel like they genuinely just don't like each other, and they want to like just beat each other anytime they get the chance to play each other. Yeah, to a certain extent, I, I do feel like they. Absolutely. I don't. Uh, yeah, I feel like they don't like each other at all. The Pelicans, the Suns, but there's been a lot of grittiness as far as like the Warriors and Grizzlies. You got to think about Gary Payne, you know, Dylan Brooks, that foul. Oh yeah. When he like, <laughs> it's just I all mean, Dylan. He it's just Dylan like, Brooks, bro. He, like, he just put. Gary, <laughs> it's like Dylan Brooks and start is instigating all this shit. Yeah, bro. he put Gary Payne like out out for the season, you know, and yeah. he was a, 
a detrimental part in the Warriors' rotation with his defense and his ability to make three every now and then. He just has those highlight plays in his defense, you know. His defense is tenacity and yeah. So I feel like I don't know. I feel like the Warriors and Grizzlies are definitely a rival team. And yeah, me and me and Gary got into even more conversations. Like I told you about Jaron Jackson, but he also mentioned Dylan Brooks. Is like when we bait. What they bring to the table is their defense, of course, and their energy. But it comes to an, it comes to a certain extent because yesterday, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks each had five fouls, so they mm. had to play careful. Yeah, and it's like they both, they both are great defensive players, but it's like they don't they don't know how to control the foul trouble. Or they get it, they let their emotions get the best of them at certain times. And do you think that's something that? the Grizzlies over time will get better with or, like, work on with them, work on with them? Because I give Jerry Jackson Jr. the benefit of the doubt. I was telling him this because he barely plays. He's been injured most of the time he's been here. Dylan Brooks is kind of another story. I feel like Dylan Brooks is just a hothead. Like, he's just hot-headed and he gets angry and yeah. and he takes shit personal. So, yesterday he mentioned about trading both of them and getting some shot creators like a Bradley Beal, Anthony Edwards, in exchange for those players, stop it. What do y'all think? What do you think about that idea? Like how, that, that just crazy idea, right? That for a Bradley Beal, I don't, I don't really like that idea. Anthony Edwards, I can kind of see it, but but you'd be trading off like Anthony Edwards isn't a good defender. He's a lazy defender. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Beal, kind of the same yeah. thing. You're getting exactly. with them. So like, would you trade off what they could bring defensively? But then the defense that Dylan Brooks and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. brings. It's like they're they're foul trouble prone, you know. So I have, feel like it's like you have to trade off those certain things. Like yeah, I mean this yeah for her, those are legitimate. Like those are legitimate problems, but I'm not doing that. I mean, Bradley, there you traded pretty much two two duos that pretty much kind of do the opposite of each other in a way. And I feel like what Anthony Edwards and Bradley Beal bring to the table, I feel like they're kind of the same player. Honestly, Bradley Beal, they're both – Bradley Beal and Anthony Edwards both are offensively-minded players. Yeah. Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson are both defensive-minded players. But the thing about it is defense uh, – well, Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson can be offensive players, you know, you know, if you really ask them to. I know Dylan Brooks has a poor shot selection. He feels like he can make every shot. Jaron Jackson does, too, have some poor shot yeah, selection. Yeah, but – he starts to get like he just jacks up threes. Yeah. Pretty much. I feel like yeah, I feel like Darren Jackson Jr. should definitely be in the paint more, but he has he has the ability to make the three, and that's why he loves living on on the perimeter. But that trade off, nah, I, I like the I'd pick defense over offense any yeah. day, and it's not like those players, Darren Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks are lacking in offense. It's just a matter of can I stay out of foul trouble, yeah. you know? And I feel like with the Memphis Grizzlies team, they can stay out of foul trouble because they have a lot of rotating players. They can pick up the slack in a way. So you can ask Dylan Brooks or Jaron Jackson, hey, don't be as aggressive. Maybe, fuck it, just let the the offensive team, if you feel like they have an open layup, you know, just let them make the layup. Yeah. Don't, like, contest every shot and just be, like, timely with your fouls or be timely with your aggressive plays. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, that trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would rather have the defense than offense. I don't know how deep y'all got into Friday. Uh, Cause like Friday was like a big ass day. Uh, we had five forty point game uh, performances. That was like the second time in NBA history that uh, five players scored forty or more points. And I was gonna ask y'all. I think I said in the group chat. I was like, which one like stood out the most to y'all out of the performances? I don't know how much how much y'all watched uh, Friday. Cause I was gonna say Tyree Reese was my was my pick, bro. Reese was my pick. Ish, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Reese was my pick, bro. That dude went for forty four. That's his career high. Come on now, bro. Yeah, I was saying uh, that's mine too. Because if you look at all the other players who dropped forty, they've yeah. done it before, and it's not too surprising when they've done it, right? I think who was it? Luca, Joel Embiid, Joel. Yeah, Joel. I think Shea was one of them. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah SGA Shea. and. And his name is blanking on me right now from Reason, New York. Uh, was it Randall? No, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Yeah, it was R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett did score. No, R.J. Barrett. It was. Yeah, I think R.J. Barrett scored this score for. I'm not sure if it's Christmas. Yeah, no, he I, did score forty for sure. No, he, I was watching that game when he scored forty. He. It was. It uh, wasn't on Christmas though. Jalen Brunson. I believe it was Jalen Brunson that scored forty. You sure? Let me pull it up. Luca. Right. I mean, but yeah, either way it goes. Him. I mean, those players. Tyrese was the one that stood out the most, especially with. 
what was going on with um you know Wally the commentator mm-hmm. talking about Tyrese and he dropped his career high and again all those other players I think Siakam was the one that too was it or no no nah, it wasn't Siakam okay was well one. yeah all those other players it wasn't too surprising but the most surprising for me was Halliburton so that that'd be my pick no it was R J Barrett yeah it was R J Barrett yeah. Barrett. I was very deep and did his yeah. thing too though. But yeah, he's been nah, showing, he's been showing me was, up. I ain't gonna lie. But. Yeah. My pick was Halliburton for Yeah, RJ Barrett has been playing his been playing his ass off in New York in general. Been playing pretty good. But yeah, I, I was watching like <laughs> have y'all seen Tyree's Halliburton jump shot? Have y'all seen it? Like how how it looks mm-hmm. how 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 unorthodox it is and how it's so crazy how he he was able to score forty four points with that type of jump shot. Definitely an all-star lock, in my opinion. What do y'all think? Is he a lock for an all-star? Hmm. I don't know about... I mean, he's a lock for... If he was a reserve spot, he's definitely a lock. Because, I mean, you can't be averaging a, a 2010 double-double yeah. and not be in consideration for an all-star. But he shouldn't be an all-star starter just because there's so many... The starters are just so good right now. Yeah. But I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think starter either, for sure, like either uh, as a starter. He should definitely be reserved though, in my eyes. Yeah, he deserves it. And the Pacers have been paying well. They're in the playoff spot, so and he's been the best player on the team. So yeah, leading the charge. Look at that boy. Look at that defense. Look at that boy. Defense, offense. Mm-hmm. All right, he was hot. I think he was like his first six threes or some crazy shit like that this game. That ugly, funky-ass little jump, <laughs> funky-ass jump shot. But y'all have any particular, um, like, impressions or or just comments that you want to, like, say about um, any of the games on Christmas Day? Did any of them st- stand out to y'all? Did y'all have a game of the day or anything like that? Other than Memphis, I would, not too much. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed by the performance of Memphis and Golden State, but yeah, it wasn't really all all the too much for me. I, at first, the Lakers and Dallas game it was looking nice and entertaining, but yeah, it's, yeah, it started to fade away a little bit, and, and I think I stopped watching around halftime. And the Lakers were doing pretty good, but I don't know what happened. I guess Tim Hardaway got hot. The Mavericks hit um, eight threes in just the third quarter. They started going crazy. Tim Hardaway just flipped the switch. And, yeah, that's how they won. They pretty much just beat the Lakers through the three ball. They just were hitting their threes that night. I didn't get to Phoenix and Denver. I didn't get to that game. That that game was too late for me. Yeah, that game was too late for me. Philadelphia, New York. New York was hanging in there. They were up by, like, double digits at one point. But then it was, like, just Joel Embiid pretty much taking over and just – he's so goddamn dominant, bro. It's, it's, it's crazy how dominant he is. Do y'all think he's, like, the closest equivalent to Shaq since Shaq in terms of dominance in the paint? Because I can make a case that – I don't even think Giannis is as dominant as Joel Embiid in the paint. I would make a case that Embiid is more dominant than Joel Embiid than Giannis Antetokounmpo, in my opinion. I don't know how y'all feel about this. Like after watching the game with New York and how many bodies they just had to throw at Joel Embiid, how many times I had to flash doubles to hope he made a bad decision, it was like the closest thing to Shaq. I feel like, in my opinion, I don't know about y'all. Yeah, I don't really see anyone coming close to being a Shaq. But Joel Embiid, I guess I could see how people would make the comparison. In my opinion, I wouldn't call him Shaq-like. He he does demand attention on the defensive end. But to call him Shaq-like just because he, he gets double-teamed and he is dominant in the paint, is I think that's a little that's, – you're going too far. No, he, he doesn't just dominate in the paint. He dominates everywhere. He dominates in the perimeter, on the mid-range. He's like a dominant three-way scorer. Like, he is crazy. Like, he does – he's he's like a finesse big man combined with, like, a paint – like, a fucking – what I can say? A paint beast, I guess? Or just, like, like a like a like somebody that scores back to the basket. It's like he's a combination of both, and it's so – 
it's so crazy to watch him play. It's like he's like a hybrid player. And I feel like there's just not been a player like him since maybe even Hakeem. Probably like the best comparison to him. Hakeem Olajuwon would have been a good comparison to him. Yeah, as far as dominating, I don't know. Yeah, Shaq is, Sha- I mean, Shaq is definitely the most dominating player. But Giannis and Embiid, they both dominate in different ways. As far as like similarities, I'd, I'd pick Embiid over Giannis. But the thing about Embiid is he's he, you know, he has a game everywhere on the court. He has the backup, you know, the, of course, the dominant paint. He has the fadeaway. He has the mid-range shot. He yeah. can knock down his free throws. He can knock down a three. So he has the shooting ability as well. But as far as Giannis, when I took when I take a look at the game and what they're actually doing, like just like running over players, overpowering them, I'd pick Giannis because Giannis is just you can't even if you put a bigger player on Giannis, he's still scoring over them. Like he's gonna duck over them. He's gonna overpower them in a way. So that's the thing about dominance. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just hard to talk about. And Giannis does obviously he doesn't have the jump shot as Embiid does. Embiid is just so well finessed and just can knock down a shot. He has a better jumper than Giannis everywhere on the court. So he's just he, he's, he's got just, better he's got a better bag too. Yeah. Like a bag of like he like he he mm-hmm. hit you with a crossover, crossover step back mid range shot and so big yeah. and just makes it and just float. It's like such a little light touch on exactly. the ball. And, and that's the thing. So, in. like, when you think about the jump shot and the light touch, you don't really think about dominance, you know? But when you think about Giannis, how he plays the game, that's like the dominant touch. or like just overpower. Like, you just can't do anything face, about it. Like, elbow yeah. to your rib. So, it's hard. It's, it's just hard. I feel like. <laughs> elbow to your yeah. rib under the, under the court. <laughs> and the physicality as well. But, like, Giannis isn't going for any of that. But, yeah, it's just so different to look at him. I mean, I don't know. I feel like dominance. I'd have to say Giannis. But Embiid is, like, right there because, like, no one can guard him in the paint. A big man, of course, a smaller guy, he's dominant as well. It's just it's just ugly because Embiid has a jump shot, and their games are different as well. So, I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. But Shaq is obviously more dominant than both of them. But as far as who's closest to Shaq, I can't, I can't figure an answer. Maybe Giannis. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to call him Shaq-like because Shaq is – Shaq, Shaq is Shaq. Yeah. He's completely dominating paint. He doesn't really step outside that paint area. I can see how, yeah, like I said, I can see how people would make the comparison of Shaq, Giannis, or Embiid. But they're not Shaq. Yeah, it's great. Once Embiid, I feel like he could, if he wanted to, he could play that game if he wanted to. Yeah, just dominate the paint if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like just, but like, he still wouldn't be you know? Shaq. He wouldn't be nowhere near him. Embiid's just cold, bro. I mean... That man cold as fuck. Yeah, it doesn't take away from Embiid's uh, skill level and talent. It's just to be as dominant as Shaq. Yeah, That's Embiid, a tall task. Who's better, Embiid or Adebayo? <laughs> <laughs> That's a serious Embiid, question. Embiid is going to fucking eat uh, Adebayo, bro. Nah, he will fucking... You said Adebayo. Nah, I never said that. Bro. I don't know. Y'all can't. Y'all got to bring a receipt. I never said that. As far as anybody's concerned, I never said that. Bro, okay. Embiid will fucking dominate. Embiid dominate any big man in the league. He'll yeah. dominate Jokic. He'll dominate Steven Adams. He'll dominate any big... Like, it doesn't even fucking matter. Even Giannis. Like, he, it doesn't matter, bro. This no, got the Brooklyn Nets who have been on a fucking... 20 game win streak against the Cavs, who are also like what top four team to see. I mean, top mm-hmm. top four, top three seed top. in the East. I think the top three. Yeah, I think they're three as well. Ain't yeah, that right, JD? Ain't that what I projected, JD? Uh, yeah, you know. But look at look at the Nets and the Sixers, both on eight game winning streaks. Who y'all got winner the Nets against Cavs? They playing like within the next hour. They, they played today. The, yeah, yeah, they played tonight, huh? They're playing for the third spot in the East. I think Brooklyn's going to win. Give me Iguodala. Uh, (laughs) Give me me the Cavs, man. I got to stick to my team. I I don't know. I got the Nets. I got the Nets. I feel like they're going to make their win streak nine. It's so crazy how we talk so much shit about the Nets starting the season, but look at them now. They've been clicking. That's nice to see, though. Are they title contenders? Give it to me, man. Are they title contenders? Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. They're not that's title another, contenders? That's another subject. 
Yeah, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother episode in of itself. I don't see them being title contenders though. It's hard it's hard to say. <laughs> they got a lot of talent on them. Well I just said the Blazers are title contenders though. The Blazers have been cooling off now. Not doing as good. Dang Tom's uh, coming to an end. <laughs> nah, the Nets have been going crazy, yeah. I feel like they've been doing great, but I just don't see that defensive that decent defensive capability that they could compete. I mean, because if you take a look at it, they're not better than the Bucks, and they're also not better than the Celtics. And you can argue that they're not bigger than the Seventy Sixers as well. So contenders, I don't see them doing that. But I would not want to face them at all in the playoffs, just because of their offensive talent. Oh yeah, I wouldn't want to face them either. That's some nuts talk. What do y'all think about Jaws' new signature sneaker coming out April? I got my confirmation number this morning. <laughs> you got uh, it? <laughs> you, get, you have to sign up for it? Nah, I'm uh, just playing. But it don't look too bad, to be honest. Like, uh, in my opinion, my honest opinion, I thought they were going to look better. Yeah, that's Same. what I was about to say. I was a little disappointed. When I saw them at first, they kind of like forces. From far but away, when I, I fucking guess, saw them at first, I guess it's just a color pattern for me. It's it's not really like, oh shit, this is gonna be really good. But then, even if you just rearrange the colors, I don't know. It may be just this photo that he showed us on was this Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. It doesn't look too bad, but it doesn't look really all that great to be honest. It looks kind of meh. But it could just be this angle of the shoe. Yeah, like in, on online when that first when I saw the first colorway, I was like, "What are these?" I was like, "No way, bro." What first colorway? I think it's like gray and black, and it's just like a bland color. They didn't look. Good. It was like he. It wasn't the one he wore because the shoes that he actually wore. I don't know if y'all seen them. They're the purple ones, right? Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh my, yeah, those look nice on per, in person. Well, not yeah. in person. I didn't see them in person, but on like when during the game, I was like, those look nice. Yeah, That's those the ones right you there. Wore right there. Yeah, Purple those look nice, bro. When he had like actually on feet, those look nice. But the one like the colorway he he presented, I was like, nah, bro. I was kind of disappointed, just because I thought that y'all had like better taste. I mean, he's younger, so he'll know like kind of like more advanced the more advanced design. But I don't know, even even yeah, the ones he wanted, on, yeah, right, those are ones right there. They yeah, look those, nice. Yeah, those look nice. Those look, those look nice right there. But yeah, so I mean, this is very first signature shoe. They're gonna develop. They're gonna be more advanced. They're gonna look better. And they're going to have more colorways, too. Yeah, really. I think it's the right colorways here. just kind of ugly as well. Midnight, so. Rapid Teal, Game Royal, White, Sundial, Phantom, Day One. Yeah, he got a lot of ones. The ones he looked, the ones he wore were, were fire, but uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like they look kind of similar to the other Nike shoes as well, too. So Yeah. yeah like Ishmael said, I thought they were going to be just more, I don't know. They're going to look better. My boy. Who? My boy, John Schumann. <laughs> John Schumann. My boy making all the right picks. So you agree with this, bro? This the power ranking for this week? That's his power ranking. No, it's not, bro. No, this is just... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Celtics number one. It's Denver number two. They just explain why they came to the... Deadass. Where they have Memphis? No, four. hell on. Memphis was number four on the other list. I still don't agree with it. What do you what don't you agree with? You got Boston, you got Denver, Cleveland, Cleveland number three, Memphis, Memphis number four, Philly number five, Brooklyn number six, Milwaukee number seven, New Orleans eight, Suns nine, Clippers ten, eleven the Jazz. The Kings at 12, then the Mavs at 13, Blazers at 14, New York Knicks at 15. What do you agree with? All of it. <laughs> so all <laughs> of it. I think the Blazers are low. I think the Mavericks are too high, man. The Jazz good. The Clippers are good. The Suns, take them off the list. <laughs> the Pelicans are good. <laughs> the Sun, uh, Milwaukee's kind of. But, I mean, I don't know. You can't blame them because, I mean, the Sixers and Man, the Nets are on an eight-game winning streak. Memphis is still where they need to be in the top five for sure. Yeah. They haven't knocked them down. Where the fuck New York at? I think one through six is straight. New York was number 15. No, no. 
So they're like the middle of the of the league. It's not a bad lose. This ain't, this ain't the worst lose. It ain't the best. It ain't the worst. You can fight Memphis at number three over the Cavs if you want to. I feel like the Cavs deserve some love. They're showing the Cavs some love. They're all right. They're doing okay. Rate this list on a scale of one to ten. This power rankings. Give it a one to ten. How accurate does it look to you, bro? Scroll through the whole thing, ish. Scroll, scroll through the whole thing, man. The Kings at 12. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I would have New York probably 8 or 7 or 8. They've been doing pretty good lately. But that's just... Uh, 7 or 8 is kind of high. But that's just in terms of how they've been doing lately. As a yeah. whole season, I could see how you can make an argument for 15. But as of late, yeah, yeah 7 put, or 8, I think. You put them at 9. Put the Suns at 30. That would be good. Is <laughs> it 30? Sounds like a good trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, the Knicks at 15. I mean, they're on an eight-game win streak, so as far as the best team, I don't know. I feel like they should be higher as well. 